Hey, good morning, church. We're thankful to be here with you. Vince is trying to make me laugh by holding that cup of coffee up to you guys. So, hey, first things first, uh, you, you probably already noticed we're wearing very similar shirts. <laughs> yeah. We did not coordinate this. You've probably already texted us in real life saying nice shirts or how did you coordinate this. If you haven't texted us, this is your moment. I'm giving you a moment right now to text us some joke about us having the same shirt on. He has the long sleeve version. I have the short sleeve version. Right. But, hey, welcome, guys. Uh, as you guys know, church looks a bit different for us now in this season. We're in this digital, virtual season, so we live stream, and uh, this is how we do church. And so welcome if you're new. If you want to get connected, there's plenty of ways to do that. There's a connection page and different ways to do that. So uh, today, though, we're hopping in to the Lord's Prayer. The last few weeks, we've been teaching through the Lord's Prayer. And so basically how the Lord's Prayer started was the disciples, I think essentially they, they just watched Jesus pray all the time. And if you read the Gospels, you see Jesus just constantly going and praying. And so right. eventually the disciples just go, hey, Jesus, how do we pray? Show <laughs> us how to pray. Show us what, how we should pray. And then Jesus couches this conversation saying, hey, don't be kind of like these like religious people, these Pharisees who use all these big words and say all these things to try and impress me or impress others or be right. seen by others. But he, he kind of zooms on in and he says, prayer is not about externally how you could be accepted by God or by people. Prayer right. is internally about how you connect to me and how yeah. you talk to me. And so it's, it's honestly, it's a lot like, um, like, you know, teaching our kids to pray. Like, it's kind of yeah. the idea of like, I know like my boys, they always get Lord. caught up and like, I have to, I have to say it a certain way. And Lord. so then they don't do it. And Jesus is trying to pull back and say, no, no like yeah. what's going on inside you? Just, are we moving towards, totally. you're talking to God right now. Or even like, yeah. I feel like in our RCs a lot, there's half the group will pray and half the group won't. And I think a lot of times it's because we have this, uh, I have to, perform yeah. or whatever and prayer right. is, so Jesus is teaching us how prayer is not performance prayer is is something internal it's relational it's something that we that we do with God so yeah. but today we're going to be looking at uh, a part of the prayer that talks about asking God for our daily bread okay so before we get into that quick story every day around probably about 502 in my house 502 p.m. p.m. um <laughs> All of a sudden, it's like AM, you're not awake. There's yeah, no I, I mean, I try not to be. Uh, but <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah I got, with the kiddos. But so about 5.02 p.m. every day, this is what I notice in my house. It's, uh, it's almost like a full moon has come out, and it affects my entire family. Everyone is mean to me. I'm like, daughters, I love you. And they're like, whatever, Dad. My wife, I'm like, you are my, you're my bride. I love you. <laughs> you're perfect. And she's like, get away from me. Right. And And... I've just noticed, I've even noticed when I'm out with friends around similar times, or if we're on trips and it's around similar times, same kind of thing. I'd be like, man, Vin, not, maybe not you in particular, we'll, we'll pretend it to you, but I'm like, Vince, how are you doing? And you're like, I, stop, just don't talk to me. And I, what I've noticed is this is what's happening, church. There, it's this epidemic called being hangry, okay? Being oh. hangry. Have you, <laughs> so I'm saying angry with an H on the front. So being hangry is this epidemic happening across our country, and it's when people get angry when they're hungry. Have you used this term, or have you heard this term? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if I ever feel that way. Yes, neither I, do I, and that's yeah. why we both have a lot of reserves there, so we, yeah. we rarely feel angry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in I'm my like a, house... I'm like a camel with food. <laughs> yeah, you so, are. In yeah. my house, everybody's skinny, and so at 5.02 p.m., uh, 
it, it, everyone's angry. And then once we start eating dinner, what I notice is everybody, it's all of a sudden like, oh, I love you, Dad. I, Anthony, how was your day? Okay. Like all this Fair stuff. Enough. And yeah. it, it's this hangriness. And I've noticed right. it. It's not just my family. It's like common in a lot of people in yeah. general. Like people, it would be like, hanging out with the godliest people, but if they don't have food in their stomach at the time, they're hangry. And this began to make me think, as we come to this part of the prayer today, where we're saying, God, give us today our daily bread. It makes me think, maybe this is something we need to pray about, because the second people in our culture don't get the food when they need it, they are <laughs> sinning against the world. And so, yeah. so anyways, we're going to be talking about that today. What, what does it mean to pray through this part of the prayer? God, today, give us this day yeah. our daily bread. It's a real, so. practi- real practical application on the front end is please eat so that Anthony isn't attacked at yeah, 502. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. Jess, man, you're getting called out right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're getting called out. Uh, but she's the better half anyway. So, I mean, yeah. um, well, it's, let's read the text as a whole. We like we've been working through this. This is week, uh, I believe, week four uh, in our series, uh, going through the Lord's Prayer. Let's read the text. If you have your Bible, you can open up to Matthew chapter six. Uh, we're going to read verses nine through thirteen together. So, uh, let's read God's word. <clears throat> Pray then like this: Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And the reason why every week we're coming back and reading the whole prayer, one, that's the way Jesus delivers it to him, and we're, we're trying to be intentional with breaking it down this way. But there's also this really interesting arc to the way Jesus invites us to pray that I think is intentional, which which makes sense because he's Jesus and he knows how to pray the best and that type of idea. Um, but the, it builds on it on each other each week. And so week one was this, okay, hey, like God, when we pray to you, we're trying to allow our minds and our hearts to approach. God is both Father, meaning He's loving and approachable, but He's also in heaven, meaning He's all powerful. He's the one that created, and so that's like from a basis level where we start. But then it moves into this second part of the prayer, which is, so hallowed be your name. Like, let's give you glory in the midst of this. Uh, Let's build on, okay, now we've recognized who you are, so let's say it. Um, And then last week, or, or two weeks ago, the week before Easter, was just the idea, okay, if this is who you are, if you are all-powerful, if you are all-loving, um, and you long to have that relationship with, man, do you down here, like the way that you feel and live and think and act yeah. in heaven, do that down here, right? And so now I think it almost turns this, this second half of uh, the prayer into the, almost delving into what, is, what does the kingdom look like and how does it come to bear on these really practical things of life, yeah. especially today, right? Yeah. With like, all right, so God, give us this day our daily red. So um, as we start navigating through this, um, we're looking at this through two parts, and we're going to spend a majority of our time this morning on this first part, which is really zooming in in the midst of this prayer, trying to navigate what is this prayer trying to do? Why is Jesus asking us to pray this way? Uh, of this, this kind of meta idea of God's kind of generosity and provision to us, right? Um, and so what we want to do is start early and say, this isn't something that like Jesus dreamt up in the moment in the Sermon on the Mount, but rather this has been the character and the movement of God 
forever. Like yeah. you go back to Genesis chapter one in creation, God provided everything, right? There was nothing, and then God brought order and brought life and, and breathed everything into existence. So immediately, right at the start of your Bible, it is clearly a God of provision, right? Yeah. He puts up in the world. Um, we fast forward to Genesis chapter 12, we see the calling of Abraham. And saying, like, Abraham, I'm going to make out of you this great nation. I will bless you, and I will give you things that you be a blessing to the nations. You zoom forward in the narrative. uh, You have now your people uh, in famine. Where are we going to eat? And all of a sudden, God had orchestrated this sovereign movement of uh, of one of his children, right, um, Joseph, right, who ends up second in command in Egypt. He brings in God's people. God blesses them with food, and and they, they grow in power until Pharaoh gets mad. And then you move into Exodus, and you get this beautiful scene of God just consistently providing and caring for Israel, giving them their, their needs. And, and so let me zoom in on the text in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Um, again, if, if you want to just see the, the, the reference on the screen, you can do that. Feel free to mark it down to look at it later. But Deuteronomy chapter 8 zooms in on some of this wilderness story from the book of Exodus and, and throughout really the Torah. And he says this, um, you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord." And so this moment in Deuteronomy where Moses is referring back to this Exodus story of, of God saying, hey, I, I'm your provider now, right? Like you used to kind of put some of that trust in, in Pharaoh or in other kings and kingdoms. I'm trying to remind you that like I am Yahweh, like I am God, I'm the creator and I provide for you. And so he gives this daily bread, this daily manna to them and says, just trust me that every morning when you wake up, it's going to be there for you. Don't, don't overgather, uh, you know, like just trust me that I'm going to provide for you. Um, and then he continues to shape Israel throughout the rest of their history, right? So it's, yeah. it's calling into the promised land. It's they wanted a king. He gave them kings. You know what I mean? Um, understanding that our God throughout history has been a provider. So then when you zoom into Matthew chapter 6 and then you begin to navigate like, okay, why, why in the world did Jesus have us pray this? There's going to be all these bells that are ringing off for the people of Israel. So that being said, that history already there... Um, why, why was God yeah. providing the way he was providing? Um, and, and really, why then, specifically here in Matthew 6, in this prayer, of all the things Jesus could have prayed, it's really specific language, yeah. and it's trying to do something to us. Jesus yeah. trying to move us in prayer. So why, why is Jesus moving us to pray this way? Yeah, I mean, I think what we see, I, it, God wants us to be dependent on him, right? Like, God wants us to know that we were created to be dependent on him. All of humanity is created. Yes. It's like the proper order of the universe is often what we see in the scripture. We see the proper order of humanity before God. And I think that a lot of times in our culture, in our places, we, we really value autonomy and all these kinds of things. But God says, no, act, like that's not what I created for. The proper right. order of the universe is actually you being so dependent on me. And so that's why all throughout all those things you reference, it's just God constantly saying, right. listen, this world and yourself are not going to provide for you. 
I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to, I want you to realize you are dependent on me no matter what. Even when it doesn't seem like it, you're dependent on me. And so I think what God is trying to do when he's showing us this throughout the Bible, and then when Jesus is saying, hey, give us this day our daily bread and teaching us to pray this way, I think one of the whys is he's trying to push us away from uh, entitlement, right? He's trying to root out our hearts that just kind of move towards entitlement and move into dependence yeah. rather than, or, or and not just entitlement, but also just this self-sufficiency that we so often yeah, have when right. we live life. Like yeah. we, I, I, right. I'm ashamed <laughs> to say like there's so many days where I, I, in my life at least, where I haven't prayed, where I haven't prayed to God and just spent some time realizing how dependent I am in him or there's so many things I do without even considering yeah God. it seems like it, honestly like it's it's such an affront to like every idol of our culture in this totally. because you have generally I think two camps and, and I think we all kind of fit in there and at different times different ways there's certainly and you're going to hear this right there's the entitlement camp I don't want to work for it yeah, yeah. just give it to me but then there's the like no, dude, like, I'm, I'm going to work and I will earn this. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like the, the, the self-sufficiency. Right, the self-sufficiency. Yeah. So, I mean, it, and it really is, it's, it's these two idols of, I think, of the Western culture and world yeah. and probably humanity in general. And God's, like, demolishing both of them with yeah. this. He's like, totally. no, neither of those work. It's all me. Totally. Yeah. And we see in the, in the, same, in the same Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is telling us not to worry. He's telling us things like, listen, right. I dress the lilies of the field. Yeah. I feed the birds of the air. You matter more than those things to me. You are more important to me than those things. And so I, I think when we get to this point of the prayer, God, he, he's trying to go, listen, you were created for dependence on me. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we get to this part of the prayer or we think through this idea of dependency on God and we think it's, well, it's because of our brokenness and all the, and that's true. In our brokenness, we yeah. absolutely need to depend on God. But I think even before brokenness and sin entered the world, we had to depend on God. We needed to depend right. on God. Yeah, That's, Adam and Eve depend on God. Yeah, <clears throat> this is this is how God created the universe. Yeah. This is so. This is fundamental to to who we are as humans. Yeah. And so that's why I think one of the reasons why Jesus says to pray this way. We we have a, a one of the blessings we have at Redemption is we get to talk with a lot of the other pastors uh, at Redemption about how they're wrestling with this text and how they're how they're going to preach this text. Right. There's a pastor down in Tempe. Uh, at Redemption Tempe and John John Crawford and well, something he was saying today that was right. just really hipster Jesus. He is very yeah. uh, hipster looking. Sorry, John, if you hear this, <laughs> he he's too hipster probably to watch our feed though. So <laughs> now <laughs> he's gonna send us angry emails. John, we love you. He's honestly an amazing pastor. And uh, one thing he this phrase he was using today in the meeting that I really loved was he he was calling like, man, what we have forgotten is that God is the breadwinner. And right. so recently, him yeah, and his family have gone through some it's a things. Good line. Yeah, he, he, him and his family have a salon open together. Him and his wife, uh, I, I believe, and they had to close it down in the midst of this whole season. Right. And it helped him to reframe and go, "Man, th- I have forgotten. I'm, I'm not the breadwinner, or my wife's not the breadwinner. Like I'm the bread, or God is. Sorry, <laughs> I almost yeah. went heretical. God yeah. is the breadwinner. He just doubled down. Yeah, he just doubled down. God is the breadwinner of of this family." Of, of our family, of, of everyone, you yes. know? And so I just, that, that struck a chord with me because I don't know if I walk through life thinking, yeah, God's the breadwinner of my family, right? Or, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know if I think in those terms and even just 
kind of the beauty of the season, even probably the beauty of doing this series during this this coronavirus season is yeah. it's kind of made some of these parts of the prayer stand out more. Right, Like, yeah. if we did this two yeah. months ago, different. people, sure, different. whatever, I have enough bread. But, like, literally now we've all experienced going to the store and there's no bread. No bread. Right. And listen, yeah. there is enough bread out there. It's just some people Or there's, like, there's crazy. bread, but it's like, ah, yeah, you know what I mean, like right. I've become so entitled to Dave's bread. Oh, Dave's is good. <laughs> Dave's, is, yeah, Dave's, Dave's killer is bread. Yeah. Uh, we plug a lot of products. We're gonna. We need to start throwing stuff up and getting some free stuff. Yeah, but, those yeah. companies are actually all tithing now. No, <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, we're staying open because of them. Yeah, but yeah, and so no, right. I think I think right. just like w- with just the different things going on, even though there's still enough to go around, and there's just different people that have been hoarding it. It's made us go. Oh man, I I literally don't have bread today, and that's like kind of a big staple, at least for me and my family. And so, I think that just helps us to see how just dependent we are on God, and it helps remind us. But I hope that as we go out of the season, that I still carry some of this dependence with me, because I think this is a big part of why God has us pray this, is because we're dependent on Him. Yeah, I mean, so. I think that'd be a massive loss, and I think it's something. Um, I don't mean to point at you, but I mean, I think there's this a massive chance that if we're not wise now and proactive now, we'll we'll get back to normal, right? Yeah. And we'll just fall back into the same stuff. Yeah. And we'll have learned nothing, yeah. right? Uh, and gosh, that just seems like a big slap in God's face. Yeah. And, and I am like, like this is like a legitimate fear of mine of Lord, like I, I feel like I'm learning and experiencing and, and pressing into some things, and we are as a church, and, and there's just neat stories that are coming out of that that I'm like, gosh, like I obviously want the virus to go away. I want death, pain, hardship, hurt, sadness, tears to go away. Yeah. But some of the like the things that have been taken from us that have moved us to a better view of God, a more dependent mm-hmm. view of God, I'm like, dude, I don't know, man, bring it on. You yeah. know? No, it is good. It's a blessing for the church. So well, I mean, I think that's one major reason why God has us pray this way. Do you, is there anything else you see of why God? Yeah, I mean, this? I think there's there's that that first theme of dependence certainly, and then there's this second theme, and and it's this idea of delight. And we're not this is not like a original Vincent Anthony creation, yeah. right? This is Martin Lloyd Jones in his book on the Sermon on the Mount, which really is phenomenal, and yeah. we'd highly encourage you to pick that one up. Um, if you don't have it, I think we actually have a couple copies here. If you'd want to come borrow it, you could. Um, but he talks about this idea of like, hey, delight. And, and it's really, it's couched in this, this reality of like... And, and to be clear, delight as part of the why of why, of why we pray this, right? Yeah, of yeah, why yeah. you pray, give yeah. us this, like, give us yeah, this yeah. Our daily of bread. this part of the prayer, yeah. Which I even said to you earlier, yeah. like, that's not like what I would normally yeah. <laughs> extract. Like, I, I, I don't read the prayer... Give us a say our daily bread and think, oh, that's a delight text. Yeah, totally, you know what I mean? Totally. Um, but the case made by Jones, and, and I think the more we talked about it as well, was, was, was through the, this lens of God tells us, all, like right there, Jesus says, listen, God already knows. The Father already knows what you're going to ask for. Yeah. Like, so, and yet in the, same, in the same time, Jesus says, yeah, he knows, but still ask, yeah. right? Still come honestly before your father and say, give us this day our daily bread and really just trying to navigate. That's an interesting dynamic. Jesus saying, God already knows, but you need to tell him and ask him. And so what, what is the connection between those? And we really think it's this, like, like God delights in talking to his children yeah. and God delights in hearing needs from his children. And, and one of the things I was thinking through was, 
you know, I don't have, at this point, teenage boys or teenage kids at all. Um, I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, you know, young kid parents at this point. But, but I, I remember the life of a teenager, and I've seen enough movies uh, and have enough friends with teenage kids that there's just that reality of, I mean, how, how special when, right, like the 16-year-old boy goes to his father and says, and asks for something, right? Like, I, I need this from you, be it advice, or I need this thing, this is what I long for. I, I just know every father's heart longs for that. Totally. Like, I clamor for that for, with my five-year-old, totally. and, he, and he still thinks I'm a pretty great person, totally. you know what I mean? Dude, honestly, one of the most beautiful things, and there's a guy that I've been discipling for years, Jono, we, a lot of you guys know Jono, and I Jono. Know, he's been discipled by many in our church, but... One thing I love is his relationship with his dad. He'll often, John right. will often come to me and he'll say, man, I was talking to my dad and this was the advice he gave me over this issue. It's and awesome. There's just like a beautiful thing happening there that it unfortunately is uncommon, I think, a yeah. lot of times. Yeah, so. no, it's, and it's, that's the thing. So it's a delight, <laughs> certainly from the father. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, my, my son, especially in a culture where, look, you start hitting post-puberty, and I remember that, and it was just like, I got this. Like, I, I get life. Yeah. I understand the way that, like, the world works yeah. at 16, which if you are 16 and watching this, you don't understand the way the world works, because yeah. uh, either do I, and I'm 36. Listen, so, you understand TikTok trends better than your parents, but yeah. that's it. Yeah, that's, that's, the, <laughs> that's the pinnacle of what you've reached. So I, I think in the midst of that is, uh, is just this reality of, like, man, the father delights in being able to hear from his kids yeah. and in vulnerable ways. Like yeah. I, I just, that's that, man, you think, you think you own the world, but you're willing to be vulnerable and come to me and yeah. to be dependent on me. And totally. again, like my five and two year old, my boys are dependent on me. Your kids are dependent yeah. on you. There's going to come a day where they, they're going to have their own jobs. They're going to make money. They're going to be able to drive. They can do all that stuff. Yeah. And even then the son wants to come to the father. It's delight. Yeah. Um, but then it's certainly delight for us as well. Yeah, that when we understand rightly, which is I think that first half of the prayer where he talked about like your father, but you're all powerful, you're gloried. I want everything you do to do in my life, and um, I, th I think that last piece is like, no, I delight in talking yeah. to you, and so I think those two seem to to stand out the most. That dependence and that delight. Jesus yeah. is trying to invite us into as both the as we pray. To yeah, why yeah. we pray this? Yeah, no, that's good. That's really good. Yeah. So, so, so that being said, so Jesus is like, okay, um, pray then like this, right? So let's get real practical with it. Yeah. Jesus. Um, so how do we do this? Yeah. How, how do we pray? Yeah. How, how do we in this moment um, and just in, in, in all the time, right? How do we pray? Give us this day our daily bread practically from a heart perspective, whatever you think. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think one a very important part of this prayer is I do think that Jesus was telling us, pray for your needs, Right, like pray for your yeah, needs. There's other verses where definitely praying for your wants isn't bad and it's encouraged. But I think what Jesus is trying to remind us is God wants to provide our needs. God does provide our needs, and we should pray and ask God to to provide our needs and yeah. thank Him to provide our needs. And the even the things that seems like we might still have to still ask Him to provide those things. And I think you know in our super abundant culture. Uh, of, of America, like, this is, I think sometimes we kind of just skip over this part of the prayer because we're like, I don't really have any needs, but the reality is, is if you yeah. understand how dependent you really are on God, right. the only reason your needs are being met is because of God, 
Right. And so there's this aspect where you can just pray through these things, asking for food. Yeah, I, there's there's been a lot of really good content that's come out from some just pastors, theologians right now that have been inviting yeah. the the Western church, which on the whole, like there's obvious exceptions, but on the whole has lived in, in affluence. Yeah. And has said like, hey, now is the time, and we should have been doing this all along, but especially now is the time. We need to learn from the marginalized church. We need yeah. to learn from the impoverished church yeah. because they've been doing the give us the daily bread prayer really well, yeah, right? Yeah. Because they've had to. We've, yeah. we've just been, ah, no, we're, you know, we're fine, right? Yeah, it's assumed and so I think this, just even yeah. in that, like how are we creating that posture? But Yeah, no, that's good. So I, I think thinking through that, and I think there's like different ideas and thoughts and Christians have different ideas and thoughts on what needs. I think Jesus was speaking to physical needs. So trying to speak through those things however you see physical needs. And so I, I try to, in those moments, yeah, I, I try to make sure to focus on right. physical needs. Um, I think another thing I try to do in that prayer, especially if the dependence and delight is part of it, um, I think I there's an aspect of when I'm saying that part of the prayer. Because remember, we're not just repeating this. We're we're saying these parts of the prayer in our own words. Right. So we're not just saying, give us this day our daily bread. We're talking to God about this. Jesus is saying, pray like this, not pray these words exactly. Right. And so I, I think there's this aspect in this moment where I need to have recognition for where God has provided that daily bread. Yeah, it's uh, good. Or how he is providing that daily bread. And to spend time just thanking God and asking God to continue to do those things. Uh, and I think that helps increase that dependence piece in us, yes. just that we would recognize that God would do that. Uh, I think another thing is, I think when we get to this part of the prayer, and, and I've been saying all this stuff about praying your needs, praying your needs, and I do think that's important. I think that's yeah. especially important in our culture where we're convinced all sorts of wants are things we're supposed to have. Like we're just convinced oh, absolutely. of it. Absolutely. And, and that's, I, yeah, commercials have done a great job yes. convincing us a want is a need. And yeah. it's detrimental to our faith. I, yeah. th I think it's detrimental to uh, our witness and all these kinds of things. And so I, I really do think pressing into the needs component of this prayer, super important. Chasing simplicity. Yeah. Yeah. All these things. And right. so, but that being said, I don't think that should stop us in these moments from praying for things we're not sure if they're wants or right. needs, you know, or right. even if we know they're just wants. Because I, God, again, he delights in us yeah. as a father. And in those moments when we're even praying for wants in this or we're not sure yeah. or we know their wants, I think there's this kind of component where God is going to correct that. He's going to help us see like, hey, that's, that's a want. Like right. I want to provide your needs. I want you to not even need right. those, those or, things necessarily. Right, or even like uh, more thinking through that is is a want is really at the end of the day you can almost always trace it back to a need, right? Yeah. It's almost like oh, the, the wants point, yeah. are like they're they're misunderstood yeah. needs. Yeah, you know, totally. it's like God give give me money. He's like, no, I have. I've provide. I've given you totally. the necessary finances. You know, so it's it's even just understanding. So I think that's why we can we can move yeah. in faithfulness to praying for these wants. Because they're based in real needs. Like yeah. God, God made us physical beings, embodied totally. humans that have to function in the totally. real world, and so we can pray this stuff. But you're right. Like God then is gonna like Help you know us in see that, that honesty. What the need actually is. Yeah. yeah or what, yeah. No. Or correct it and say, hey, that's right. just kind of this want or whatever. Totally. Yeah. I I, I think that's really good. I, I I and then too here here as church. God also wants us to pray for our wants. You can find other passages and scriptures where right. God's like, ask me for good gifts. You know, like I'm a good father that gives good gifts and these different things. But, and so I think we still come to God with our wants. 
But in this moment and in the Lord's Prayer, it does seem like Jesus is trying to say, hey, let's ask for our needs. Let's pray for needs. Yeah. And there's something good that happens to your heart as you ask for needs. And so I think that's important for us. Yeah, the well. going back to the recognition piece of just yeah. that, like, you know, Jesus being like, hey, like, what kind of father, when, when they're asking for bread, is going to give a snake? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and, and how much more then <laughs> does your totally. father provide for you? Totally. And so it really is that, that reminder of even as you're praying your wants or your needs, especially your needs, it's this movement back to, well, this is who I'm praying to, yeah, yeah. right? Like, this is who God is. Yeah. So, yeah, what's, love that. Yeah, well, I mean, for you, what's, what's kind of like a practical thing to remember when you're praying this? I think I covered a lot of it, but is there anything yeah. that sticks out to you? Oh, man. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, there's a handful of things that, that jump out, obviously, most of what you talked about, but then there's the realities of the internal like what are the things that are happening inside us yeah. as we're praying this? We we kind of we talked about dependence versus entitlement, and so kind of moving into this like other piece of, it's not it's not just dependence versus entitlement, but rather like desperation yeah. uh, versus envy. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. so there's the, I I think desperation is the heart posture of like God, you better do something yeah. because this is this is gonna fall apart yeah. and not go well without you. Versus like so either our eyes are fixed upon the Father. Um, who whoever I think who is who we talked about, yeah. or our eyes are turned to the envious position, right? Of, yeah. but look at what they've got over there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I just started watching this uh, this Netflix show just the other day called All American. It's about sports and football, and I'm missing all my sports, and so I was like, oh, I'll check this show out. And it's it's about these kids in Beverly Hills and in Malibu and stuff like that. You know, playing football. And you like, you know, they're they're shooting on location, and there's this house that has an infinity pool that like drops into a different infinity pool that's nice. like carved out in diamonds, and inside is like a golden throne. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. exaggerating, but it's just opulence, yeah, you yeah. know. And I'm like sitting, you know, in my like nine year old couch <laughs> that like kind of creaks and smells like my children, you know, that's everything. It's like, man, this would be nice, you know. <laughs> um, and so our eyes can be easily turned. Jesus' invitation in this prayer is an invitation back to desperation, mm. which is, um, and desperation with our eyes focused on yeah, him, specifically. Yeah, healthy desperation. Desperate, like as a deer pants for water. I yes, it's perfect, yeah. yeah. So it's that, it's the return of the eyes back to the Father who yeah. provides, you know. So I think that heart piece is is pretty massive yeah. in, the, in the midst of it as well. So, yeah, that's good. Um, do you want to do you want to do the practicals now, or should we jump to the video? Let's say I mean I think one yeah let's jump to the video. I think there's okay. the, one other component we think is good to remember in this part of the prayer is God's generosity towards us. The fact that He even provides our daily bread, and yeah. He's generous towards us, and we think that's important to remember. Remember, uh, the, the Bible Project they have a whole video on generosity and what it means for God to, to be generous and for us to be generous. And, and we think it fits here. We think there's a lot of similar things going on yeah, there. Yeah, totally. And so we're going to play that, and we're going to come back. We're going to talk about that idea and even just more how we practically and personally pray yeah. through this. But So watch that video, and we'll come back, and we'll talk a bit more. Imagine your friend invites you to a party. You arrive, and there's lots of people, decorations, food, and drink. There's enough for everyone. When you're hosted by someone that generous, you don't have to worry about your needs. You can just enjoy yourself and focus on the people around you. Yeah, that's what a good host wants for her guests. And this is the picture of the world that we find in the Bible. 
Creation is an expression of God's generous love. He's the host, and humans are his guests in a world of opportunity and abundance. And we're called to keep the party going, to spread his goodness. This is a beautiful picture, but it's not the way people experience the world. Rather, we find a world of scarcity and struggle, not abundance. And Jesus grew up in that kind of world. Under military occupation, people losing their land or families to debt and poverty. And yet, he would say things like this. Look at the birds. They don't store up food for themselves, yet they have enough. Or consider the wildflowers. They're beautiful and abundant, and they don't stress about their existence. And you all should live that way, too. But surely Jesus knew that things don't always work out. I mean, sometimes there really isn't enough. And Jesus did experience poverty firsthand, but he viewed the world through the story of the Hebrew scriptures, which claimed that our scarcity problem isn't caused by a lack of resources. Rather, the problem is our mindset that God can't be trusted. Maybe God's holding out on me. Maybe there isn't enough, and maybe I need to take matters into my own hands. And once we're deceived into that mindset of scarcity, we can justify the impulse to take care of me and mine before anyone else. And that leads to envy and anger, violence, and a world where it seems like there's not enough. The party's over. It's turned into a battleground. But God wants humans to experience his generosity. And so he chooses one people, the family of Abraham. And he promises to give them the abundance that he wants for everybody else. God will provide what they need. All they have to do is trust his generosity. And through them, the whole world will see how generous the host really is. But that's not what happens. Abraham's descendants, the Israelites, enter a land of abundance, and they promptly forget the host who gave it to them. They act like it's all theirs and like there's not enough. And it leads to war and Israel's self-destruction. If I were the host of this party, I think I'd just give up. But God doesn't give up. What he does is surprising. He gives another gift. Another gift? Yeah, but this gift is different. What God gives is himself. All right, and Jesus, the host himself, comes to join in on the spoiled party. And notice, Jesus lives with the conviction that there is enough and that our generous host can be trusted. His mindset of abundance allowed him to live sacrificially and generously, even towards his enemies. And Jesus called his followers to trust in God's abundance like him. And that's why he said things like, sell your possessions and give to the poor, or don't worry about your life. He's inviting us to live by a different story, one that is built on trust in God's goodness and love. But living generously, doesn't mean life is gonna go well. I mean, look at Jesus. He was betrayed by his friends and he suffered. And this was no surprise to Jesus. He knew that people would take advantage of his generosity. In fact, that was his plan. Really? Yeah, think about it. Jesus knows that we're all hopelessly deceived by this lie that there's not enough. Yeah, that lie needs to be defeated. And so that's what Jesus was doing when he gave us the gift of his life. Jesus' death was the ultimate expression of God's generous love. Yeah, God's love can turn death into life and scarcity back into abundance. Or as the Apostle Paul put it, you know the gift of our Lord Jesus the Messiah, that even though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And Jesus called his followers to live like the real party has begun. Yes, he called it the kingdom of God. 
And our invitation to this party is yet another gift, the personal presence of God's own spirit that can teach us how to trust the generosity of the host, just like Jesus did. Yeah, and when you believe there's enough, you start seeing opportunities for generosity everywhere with our time and money, our attention. Yes, one of the most important ways that we can experience the abundance of God's new creation is sharing with others because of our trust that God is the generous host. Hey, welcome back. Um, thanks so much for, for checking out that video. Uh, I know we share a lot of the Bible Project stuff. I, I think, honestly, like there's this real piece of me that if, man, if we get to the end of this thing, we open back up, we're all back together, and the one thing you did was watch their library of, of yeah. videos. It's going to be a win for us. So coming back out of that, um, we both love the vision of what like God invites us into. It's his party. It's his world. It's his banquet. Yeah. He provides the resources. He is the perfect, gracious host. Yeah. And so with all of those things being true, before we kind of transition into kind of the part two of this, just, just that question has been lingering for us of like, okay, so then for you, like yeah. when you... When you get to this part of the prayer, and I know we both often pray through the Lord's Prayer as, yeah. as a rubric for how we pray, when you get to give us the Sarah Daily Bread, what often comes up for you in the midst of it's God's party, yeah. right? He's the host. Yeah. He's like, how do I pray for this? Yeah, how do you yeah. pray for this? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so when I get to this section of the prayer, I think uh, often I try to start there. I do almost recite that part uh, as a way of me beginning the conversation of asking God for, for my daily bread. And then I kind of just think through what needs I have that day. Right. And so food is not always at the top of my mind, and it probably shouldn't be yeah. uh, based on my weight and uh, different <laughs> things. But, uh, <laughs> but in that moment, I try to think through what are, what are some of the needs I, I'm going through. I think a lot of times I, I thank God for my health, and I ask him to continue giving me physical health, which I don't even know if that quite fits right there, you know, but... I, th that's one kind of way I, I pray through that. Uh, another thing I, I'm often praying for, if you know me well, I like to buy used cars and see how long I could drive them before yeah. selling them no, when they're only massive. worth $2,000. And so we we have good cars, but I'm always kind of praying, uh, you know, because of, oh, man, I saw a check engine light this week. Like, all right, guy, could no, you just No, the Quest like, was a great purchase. <laughs> yeah, I bought a, a minivan for pretty cheap, and so I it's been running pretty I'm well I'm dying to have a minivan. Yeah, I know you are. So uh, so I, a lot of times that's as simple as it. Like, I will literally just pray, like, God, keep the cars running. I know that check engine light came on, but could you just turn it off and fix it? And, right. Or whatever. And on it, I, I feel like I've experienced him, like, miraculously fixing it, or I, I don't know. Yeah, so, but, right. And so it's a lot of things like that. I think Or Matt Drosty just snuck yeah. over in the middle of the night. He's, he didn't know. He, he was just fixing yeah. stuff. Yeah. He's got many a Facebook message from me saying, hey, yeah, yeah, what yeah. sort of fluid is supposed to go in this vehicle? <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. so anyways, but, You're yeah. So, lighter fluid right now. This can't yeah, be right. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. It looks the same. Yeah. Uh, so I think... Uh, I think that's an aspect, and I, and I think too. I, I just try to give me this conviction that this I need peace, and I need to be yeah. on you. And, and so, a lot of times for me, it does turn into thanking God for all the ways He has provided daily bread, and right. then almost kind of. I often pray the prayer at night, and so I'm often saying, "Hey, l let me experience these same things and have." 
these needs met tomorrow as well. Mm-hmm. And I'll even I'll pray for practical things too, like God, give me the ability to pay our bills and make you right. know like give us our family the ability to do that. So so that's kind of how it looks like for me. What what does it look like for you to pray through this part? Yeah, I think it's similar to all those practical aspects of hey, try and listen like and, and many. I've I've never really been in a season of of want in that yeah. in that sense. Like I, my needs have always been provided. I have been privileged to have that story, and so it is an interesting thing to navigate. That is, God, please keep doing that, yeah. right? Like, uh, please continue to provide for that. Um, but I think you're right. I think like it um, it turns into just a ton of thanksgiving. It turns into a lot of. God, in the midst of, hey, you are doing this, it, it turns into that acknowledgement stuff, yeah. that recognition stuff you brought up, and just really trying to drive my heart back to, and away, I say, away from, I achieved this, yeah. uh, because I've, and, and Viverity and I were talking about that this week, of just, I've got this massive, like, prove it, work for it, I'm going to earn it bent, that, uh, that like, man, I'll just easily fall into, like, look at the kingdom that I've built for myself, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and I'll be like, gosh, God, this really was you the whole time. So totally. much of it, honestly, when I get into that, I feel like it's the spirit be like, you're a dope. Like, yeah, you, totally. you, just, you, you like clearly need to remember that this is my stuff. So I think the second half of it, though, often then ends up kind of moving into uh, the second part of what we want to talk about today yeah. as we kind of land this ship is, okay, God, you have given me all this stuff. I acknowledge that. I'm super thankful for what you've done. Um, but that's just not the reality for everyone in our world. Yeah. You know, like we have friends, we have family, we have people in our church, people in our community, certainly. And then especially in this season, yeah. we just, we have neighbors that don't have. Yeah. So kind of the second part of what we wanted to navigate today was, uh, yes, God's provision and generosity to us. Yeah but then also God's provision and generosity through us. Like there's yeah. this, this attachment that every time you kind of see provision uh, talked about yeah. and, and brought up throughout the scriptures, certainly throughout the narrative of Israel and the Old Testament and on into the ethic of the kingdom of God, provision is like always attached to mission or to generosity, right? Like you've been blessed to be a blessing. I've given that you may, that you should give even right before the Lord's prayer right here in verse, uh, at the start of chapter six, you'll notice it in the highlighted letters, giving to the needy, which like, Hey, your hearts are giving the need now pray, you know? So, I mean, he even says, when Jesus tell, tells us prayers, he says, give us this day our daily bread, not my daily bread, yes. our daily bread. I, I don't think that was a mistake. And I, I mean, there's probably a lot of reasons for why he said it that way. Yeah. But, but I, well, even in communal, the beginning, yeah, yeah. Like our father. Yeah. There's know? a communal. Yeah. yeah. And, we, and I do think that was intentional by Jesus. And so I think there's this aspect of like, God, provide bread for all of us, yeah. not just me. Right. So I think that's important too. Yeah, I, I think just that idea that, again, we don't live in, like, scarcity is a, is a lie from the devil. Yeah. Another, like, God has provided resource for humanity to flourish in this world. Yeah. And not just humanity, for, like, creation to flourish yeah. in this world. And yet, we're the, so there's poverty, not because God didn't provide enough, 
but because like we've put our foot yeah. into 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 things that like and messed it up, you yeah. know. So the church now being called, even in the midst of then when we're praying this, Lord, like give us this day our daily bread. It's to realize I think because we do live in 2020 America, where most of us and and there are we and we love so many of our neighbors that 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 isn't their story, right? They yeah. don't have. And if you're listening, that's your story. We love you, but in the midst of that, saying most of us do have. So now what, right? Like yeah. how, how would God so seek to provide for the us of the prayer yeah. through the need and through the provision that he's given to me, that the generosity would then kind of flow through us to, to our neighbors. And Almost we've been seeing that. That the, if we pray this well, we'll be so affected by it that we can go out and be generous. Is right. what you're saying. Like it should, this should be a natural way it affects us if we pray this prayer Absolutely. Consistent. Like if you camp on like what we spent the first 25 minutes or whatever talking yeah. about the last, what we just said, the last five minutes, that's just going to be the no brainer. Yeah. We're like, well, no kidding. Like God, you have given everything and God is, he's interacting with us. He's yeah. speaking to us through his word, through prayer. And so he's certainly saying like, yeah, yeah, but there's still need here, church, yeah. right? And it's not just across the world. It's literally like across the street. Yeah. It's your neighbor. It's right now. I mean, it's just the, the mass amount of needs that we're getting asked, you know, people are popping in the office every day, there's all sorts of things coming up, so I think it's just that moment of us to realize, like, hey, in the midst of all this, we we are like God's redistribution center, you know, of saying, like, hey, we are going to take what God has provided us and say, no, we of of conviction and kind of sound doctrine, right, a sound understanding of who God is, relationship with the Father, we're now going to be that generous yeah. wing of God's kingdom, and yeah. so... Kind of that that both end, but yeah. If you miss the first part, like if the, if if you're praying this and you're not camping and everything we talked about for the first twenty five minutes, this second half just sounds ridiculous, silly. Yeah. And if you're doing it, it's workspace right yeah, <laughs> so yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, humanistic, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, so well, that's yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, I think there's another aspect too in the, like something we just want to say as pastors is uh, one, it's so important for us to just continue to thank God, but we're thankful for you guys in this season. Oh, right. Like it's just been kind of, it's just been beautiful to watch you guys step up in this season. We have this benevolence fund that used to be kind of, we just had a general church fund and there was a benevolence fund in there that we allocated and did all the stuff. But recently in recent months, we've added this place because of different people wanting to give to this benevolence fund, which if you're not familiar with benevolence, is just this idea of the church using money to do good in our city and provide and meet needs. And so yeah. uh, when all this, Goodness. All this stuff yeah. happened. All of you guys stepped up, and you guys gave to the benevolence fund, and it's it's really it's a lot bigger than yeah. I expected it to be. <laughs> yeah. Even just thinking back a few months but ago, but it's it's getting spent quickly for stuff. So yeah. don't don't stop. <laughs> Most, mostly playstations, yeah. right? For right, yeah, we're we're buying playstations uh, for uh, middle aged young men. Yeah, yeah. no, so, I mean even like we're not. Uh, we we work in the office, socially distant, and all that stuff. But people stop by a lot because they know it's a church, and we're able to help provide for them in a healthy and, and good way because of your guys' generosity. And we get to kind of be out there in the community doing other things too. And so yeah. we're just thankful for you guys. We're thankful for that generosity. But we're also, I, I just even think being part of the church, being in community, especially for me as a pastor, it's kind of like a constant reminder that God is providing my daily bread because our jobs are kind of ridiculous. Like we get to <laughs> we get to just talk about the Bible and, and, and equip people to do the work of the ministry. And, and, we, and we do a lot of things. Uh, but 
but it's provide like you got it's like in your guys's hands and we have salaries right. because of that and <laughs> right. all that kind of stuff and so I, I, I there's a part of me that even right now is like I'm, I'm thankful to to God for how he brings about generosity to me personally and then to our city and so uh, we just wanted to take some time and and, and thank you guys. I don't know if you have anything to add. No, yeah. yeah. Just understanding that, that, again, it's that same principle, you know, like yeah. God's provision uh, is is unlimited. Yeah. Um, but, but sometimes that provision, right, like isn't in your pocket. It's in your your brother's pocket. Mm. And God has, has intentionally made it where his spirit would convict the brother to yeah. then well up in generosity to be the provision of God for you. Yeah. And, and so I'd say just to piggyback on that is, again, we keep drawing this church. like It is so massive. The church cares for the church. We, we are to serve our neighbors, but we are certainly to serve one another. And so if, if there are needs for our brothers and sisters uh, in Christ, we want to know, you know. And so I know we've been doing a ton of work in the city and caring for different things outside of us. Um, but man, our... I mean, says our priority is is you, yeah. and so um, in discipleship, in generosity, and so as that stuff does come up, please please let us know. So yeah. let's land this ship right. uh, where we try to, we try and land it every time, which is let's talk gospel. Yeah. Uh, and, and man, we are kind of racking our brains a bit, even because there just yeah. seem to be an unlimited amount of connections to the gospel. Yeah. When you start talking about bread, yeah. right? And I even had a bunch of puns that I'm not going to say right now. Yeah. They might come out in the last two minutes here. But, yeah, I mean, uh, if you want people to leave. Okay, uh, then I'm not going <laughs> to. Man. Um, some people love puns. Some people don't. So there's, yeah, you know. I won't do it. So, so that being said, yeah. Share, yeah. share some of the things that Man, we were like, think, hey. So he, what we noticed is bread is throughout the Bible. There's yeah. so many connections to bread and pictures of bread. And even there's moments like in the tabernacle, there's this bread of the presence. And if you try to look into what that means, everybody's like, yeah, we don't know why. Like, you know, yeah. like there's just God in these moments uses bread. Uh, One of the best presents I ever got was bread. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Cool. Um, but, <laughs> and so anyways, you just see bread in mysterious ways throughout the Bible, but you also see it in clear cut. He's, he's dying from his pun. But I think... I think what we also noticed is that bread is all throughout the gospel story, all throughout this good, <laughs> you're dying, dude, all throughout this good news, I'm going to give you a minute. Just look to Anthony. <laughs> say him, say all your points. No, I can't. He, he was saying yeast of these today as well, church. He was saying all kinds of things. He had some kind of, that was sour dough for though, I don't know. And you just put me on blast this, right now. It's so well, you're interrupting, you're interrupting the so, gospel moment. I know. All right, so back to the gospel <laughs> moment. Uh, back to the gospel moment. He uh, like wh- what we saw is like bread is all throughout the gospel yeah. story, all throughout this the story of the good news of Jesus, our King, coming to Earth right. and and bringing about His kingdom. One of the first things I noticed. This has always stuck with me. I learned this in a Bible class years ago. The word Bethlehem, which is the city where Jesus was born. It means house of bread. Right. Like it's like right I, off the bat. Yeah. Hey. So God in his incarnation, yeah. in his moment of saying, Hey, I'm here in the flesh, he goes to a city and he comes yeah. from a city that's called House of Bread. Right. Yeah. What I mean, what other gospel connections have you seen with bread in the gospel? Yeah, I mean you just look at his life, right, multiple times. 
so we even, like he prays, he tells us to pray for our daily bread. You get Jesus being tempted by Satan and he's, he quotes Deuteronomy 8 and yeah. says like, no, you're not supposed to live on bread alone. Yeah. Uh, he's literally like providing bread yeah. to people through the feeding of the 5,000. The, yeah. there's, there's miracles attached to it. He says, I am the bread of life. Yeah. I mean, like his life is consistently like you, you can line up the two and say, then Jesus just keeps making this reference intentionally yeah. to point us to this is something special, yeah. you know? So, um, and then honestly, like right before his death, he sits down with his, his 11, right. Yeah. Or his 12. And then well, it's going to become 11. He sits down with the 12 and invites them to take what we call communion. Yeah. Right. And, and he breaks the bread to symbolize his broken body. And yeah. they, they take of this moment and they, it's this farewell dinner even, yeah. you know? So like from the start and then all these moments through his life unto the last moment of community that yeah. he has before his death, bread. Bread yeah. is part, of, and bread, he's connecting to him and his work and what he's over doing. Over and over yeah. and over. Yeah. I, I thought it was interesting. I was, I was rereading the, the story of On the Road to Emmaus, and I noticed that Jesus is with these two people, and they are like trying to tell Jesus, don't, you don't know about Jesus? Jesus is like, oh, I know about Jesus. And he lays out how the whole Bible points to him. Right. And, in that, and, they, and Jesus is kind of keeping it from them that he's Jesus yet. But then they sit down at their house, and when he breaks the bread and gives a, a blessing to it, that's when Jesus reveals, after he's been resurrected, it oh, to right. them. Yeah. And so then as they're, yeah. as they're on the uh, sharing to, to the disciples and others, like, Jesus is resurrected, we saw right. him, they're connecting it. If you go to Luke 24 and look at it, they're connecting it to it like, we realized he was resurrected with when the breaking the of the bread. It's right. just a weird, it's just like an yeah. interesting connection there, I think. Just keeps popping up. Yeah, it like just keeps over and over. Yeah. Um, and then let, let's let's so that's his death, right? That's his resurrection. And then we know the story doesn't end there. So then yeah. you even just continue to move through the rest of scripture. And you get to you get to the restorative moment of Jesus' return. Yeah. He comes back, uh, you know, and in that moment, everything changes and the way that we pray for bread now it's not the way we're going to pray for bread then, right? Like, he will come in fullness. He will uh, provide everything. And in that moment when he returns, he says that there's going to be this great wedding feast that will culminate history, right? Like, this thing started with a wedding in the garden with Adam and Eve. It's going to end with the wedding of God's people and him when he returns. And honestly, like, it, it might sound childish to say, but in the sense of, like, what wedding have you ever been to that didn't have bread? Like, the, it's yeah. just that idea of this constant, consistent, God is the host and invites us in to the midst of that. But then at the end of the day, ultimately, Jesus is our sustenance. Yeah. Like, he is our provider and he is the provision. Like, he's both the one that gives it and he gives himself because himself is the provision. He is the bread that satisfies our hunger, not just momentarily, forever, right? Like yeah. he is spiritual bread for us in the midst of that. So that's why we get to, not just get to, like that's why we should just long to like run to him in prayer, yeah. especially in this, like that this, this prayer, it's a quick line, like you said, we could run past, but there's something so much greater here of like, no, all of these things are culminating in this one line that we're supposed to pray like to move us into this type of stuff. That's good, man. You know? Yeah, that's really good. So church, um, our hope is is that uh, every week um, you would be praying a lot, yeah. uh, that this wouldn't just be something we're sharing, but that uh, you would literally be trying to grow in prayer. Yeah. And so please this week, um, 
focus on this, this part of the prayer. Like every day, make sure, and we're hoping you're doing it, you know, the whole prayer and working way through it, but really have an emphasis on give us this day our daily bread. And so uh, we'll read the prayer together as we've read together as a family every week. You can feel free to read with us as well. But it says this, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Church, we love you so much. God bless you.